In late 40 BC, Antigonus allied himself with Pacorus, son of the Parthian king, offering him the riches and women of Jerusalem. Antigonus had been in hiding with his brother-in-law, the ruler of Chalcis, since I had chased him from Judea. At this juncture he seemed to come out of nowhere. His allied army moved swiftly, because there was no resistance along the way to Judea. He was actually cheered in Galilee. He defeated our forces at Mount Carmel. Then this allied army broke into Jerusalem, aided by dissenters and supporters of the Hasmonean line. When fighting reached my palace, I tried to get my family to Edomia, but was harassed south of Jerusalem. During the fighting that ensued, my mother's carriage was overturned. She broke an arm and leg and barely survived. Our rear-guard action sent our pursuers running back to Jerusalem. I sent some of the family into Edomia with a legion of troops, but kept my immediate family with me. Continuing south, I met with my younger brother Joseph, and together we led eight hundred troops to the fortress at Masada, which sat on a high mesa. Desperate, I took an enormous chance and left the fortress at Masada. My troop was hardly down the mountain when it was turned back by the new Nabataean ruler, Malchus. I couldn't risk a fight that might cost me the last of my supporters. A few days later we saw that the Nabataeans had retreated. I completed an end run on Malchus by going south and then west. I arrived in Egypt, where I made my way to Cleopatra. Knowing I was a friend and ally of Antony, she gave me an audience. Before I was allowed to meet with her again, I was given a lavish bath that moved in two phases. First, young male eunuchs covered me with olive oil and scraped the dust from my body. They took my clothes and burned them. Second, middle-aged women came with hot water and towels. They bathed me and scented my body with heady perfumes. They dried me and dressed me in Egyptian garb. Only then was I taken to their queen. By the time I came to dine with Cleopatra, I was famished, and I'm sure she planned it that way. We started the meal with sweet mead made from figs and honey. It was cloying, but I pretended to like it. Next came various fruits from her large farms, pomegranates, figs, peaches. Then came quail covered with a grape sauce. Nubian slaves plied us with sweet wines and fanned us throughout the dinner. What have you heard about this Livia, the new wife of Octavian? She asked me. She is only nineteen, but has been married before to a Claudian and had two children by him. Did anyone tell you how she looked? No one dares tell me about pretty women in Rome. Cleopatra bit into a ripe peach, and the juice ran down her chin before she caught it with a silk napkin. I'll be honest with you. I hear she is pretty, but not beautiful. However, she is terribly clever, and that impressed Octavian.
It must have. Imagine your current wife gives you a child, and you turn around and divorce her for a pretty and clever woman. Octavian's wife gave him a daughter, Julia. He wants a son, as do all men. By the way, is Octavian shaving yet? Cleopatra was feeling her wine. I was puzzled. He's twenty-four. He must be shaving by now. Mm. Anthony says otherwise. Odd, isn't it? Eventually, we got down to business. So you have lost your tetrarchy. Yes. Antigonus could not beat me alone, so he cut a bargain with the Parthians. That is why I must get to Rome, and I need your help in that regard.'